We all stand together and honor the man of the Lord tonight. Let me say again, it is an honor of ours to have Brother Phillips, Brother Jacob Phillips with us tonight to preach and to minister unto us. Amen. I promise you, we're just excited, looking forward, amen, for how the Lord's going to use him tonight. Let's open our hearts, our spirits, unto the word tonight. Amen. And let God have his way in our own personal lives. That's really what this is all about. It's about the Lord ministering and touching. And you know what? This God can touch everybody. No one's exempt. Amen. He knows right where we're at. He knows what we need most. And we all know tonight what we need most is him. We need him. Amen. And we want his will and his purpose, amen, be fulfilled in our lives. But let's give Brother Brother Jacob Phillips, amen, a Bendale welcome this pool kid again tonight. God bless him. Why don't you give that hand clap to the Lord tonight and clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph and with a voice of praise. Come on, let's praise him right now. You ought to lift your voice with a shout of triumph. Come on, somebody love him. Somebody praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen. Isn't it wonderful to be able to feel the presence of the Lord on a Sunday night? And with God's people come together, there is no place I would rather be than in the presence of an almighty God. And it doesn't matter to me if it's in Birmingham, Alabama, or uh, Bendale, Mississippi, or somewhere over there in the lands of the fruits and nuts in California. But God is still God, and he's still on the throne, and he's still able, and he's still working miracles, and he's still pouring out his spirit. He's still God. I figured out a long time ago, I better just let him do his job, because he's been God a long time. He knows he's doing a pretty good job of being God. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Psalms, chapter 145, Psalms 145 and verse 1. And while you're turning there, let me say what an honor it is to be back in Bendale. Um, give honor to your pastor, Brother Moore. I love him. appreciate him. And uh, to the wonderful saints of God that are here, First Lady of the House. And I give honor to her. I love these people, they're real people. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I travel all over the country. I meet a lot of folks that I shake their hand, smile, and then I just go on about my country boy way, and I say, yeah, that's, they might be this today and that tomorrow, but every time I've ever met Brother and Sister Moore, they're the same people, and I appreciate that. Amen, Amen. real people. You want to hear from the Lord tonight, or you want to go home? We can go home if you want to go home, but... Okay, good. Psalms 145 and 1, the Bible says, David writing here, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Verse 3, he stops the punctuation in the Hebrew text, suggests that he takes a moment, pauses, and says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Then he says, his greatness is unsearchable. God will help us tonight. I want to preach just for the next few moments this very simple thought, unsearchable greatness. Unsearchable greatness. Would you help me right now by lifting your hands to heaven and ask the Lord to move in this place. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You're so good to your people. 
We don't deserve your love and your grace, but you're so great. You do it anyway. You give us your love. You give us your grace. You give us your power. I thank you, Lord, right now that your spirit is in this house. We know that your spirit is here to touch and to heal and to feel, to change and to challenge. Pray right now that it would happen in your name. Saturate us and help us, God, tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. Would you give the Lord one more hand clap of praise? Oh, come on, don't just clap your hands, but clap your hands and lift your voice and tell Jesus how much you love him. Come on, you ought to just tell him thank you right now. Thank you for being God. Thank you for being in control. Thank you for having my best interest in your mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. The nature of the book of Psalms are very unique to me. It is in my reading program every day to read five chapters in the book of Psalms uh, every day. And in this, when you start uh, delving into the nature of the book of Psalms, you find out that it's not just songs that are being sang, but uh, they are poetry, and as much as they are poetry, they are prophecy. Uh, you can go all throughout the word of the Lord and find different things that are prophetic, but there are none, in my opinion, maybe with the exception of Daniel and Revelation, that are as prophetic as the book of Psalms. And it is in the book of Psalms that you can learn the ebb and flow of the Spirit of God. You can see how God's Spirit can come in like a mighty rushing wind and it then can move so softly and subtly that what we would call a sweet presence of the Lord would move in to the place. And even uh, you can see the ebb and flow of life as men that write the book of Psalms show us their highs and their lows of days being on the mountaintops and days way down in the valley. One of the greatest places in the word of the Lord that you can read to understand the never-changing yet always moving character of God is the book of Psalms. It's easy to see the character uh, as David boldly presents in Psalms chapter 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And so David begins to list the benefits of God, but David lists his benefits understanding that that is the character of God. In this psalm, Psalm 103, we find that he is a forgiver. He is a healer. He is a redeemer. He is the lover he of our soul. He is compassionate. He is the one that renews in the result of his character is that your youth will be renewed like the eagles. Psalms 23, if you will, uh, shows us the character of God. It shows us that he is a good shepherd. He is a provider and a great guide, a present help in dark times. He is the one that prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He is the one that is the anointer of our head. He is the one that calls us our cup 
to overflow and follows us all the days of our life. He is our everlasting reward as goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. And such could be said of every psalm from Psalm chapter 1 to Psalm chapter 150. There are a lot of adjectives that describe him and they describe his greatness. But of all of the psalms that describe him, it is in my own opinion that here tonight what I have read to you, the greatness of God is best described and explained as David in just four words says his greatness is unsearchable. His greatness is unfathomable. His greatness is uncomparable. You can use whatever word you want to put there but it's the it's the spirit of what David was saying is simply uh, that you can look high and you can look low uh, and you will never be able to completely define the greatness of our God uh, because big just isn't big enough and good is not good enough. Great is not great enough. Awesome is not awesome enough. Holy is not holy enough and righteous is not righteous enough. Can I tell you on this Sunday night uh, that when you figure out how big God is, God automatically becomes bigger. When you figure out how great God is, uh, He automatically becomes greater. When you figure out how good He is, uh, all of a sudden He becomes... He becomes better than he's ever been. Whatever you think God is, he's that much and he's more. He's so much more. Hallelujah. We see songs in our own day like Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. And it, oh, how true it is that that is who he is. But the truth of the matter is, it's just because that's who he is doesn't mean that that's all he is. So you can call him Jehovah Jireh because he is your provider. That's who he is. But honey, that's not all he is. Because when you get done, call him Jehovah Jireh. You can call him Jehovah Rapha, my God that heals. And you can rest assured that he is our healer. That's who he is. But that's not all he is. Because you can call him Jehovah Nisi, God our banner. And Truly, that's who he is, but that's not all he is. And so you can call him Jehovah Mekadesh, and you can call him Jehovah Shalom, and you can call him Jehovah Sadiq Nu, because he's a God of righteousness, but that's not all he is. Whatever you think he is, he's that and so much more. He's not just a great God, but he's a greater God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you today on this Sunday night that God is greater than he was this Sunday morning. In 2021, he's greater than he was in 2020. In a world of chaos, God is still greater than he was yesterday because God will never allow himself to be outdone. So if God ever works a miracle, you can rest assured a greater miracle is on the way because God is the God of unsearchable greatness. You can look for his greatness everywhere, but no matter how big you find him, he just keeps getting bigger. He just keeps getting better. His power, it's an ever lasting kingdom and of it there shall be no end he is a greater God and because he's a great God he creates great things 
And when you understand that this great God creates great things, there's not a situation that you will ever walk into that you will believe that God cannot get you out of. Because when the enemy creates great bondage, God creates a greater breakthrough. And when the enemy creates a great test, God creates a greater testimony. When relationships cause you heartache, God creates greater healing. When life causes you great grief, God causes greater glory. When family leaves you and forsakes you and you feel all alone, God said, I'll create a greater love that you'll never know. When friends walk away, and you feel forsaken I'll be a greater friend it doesn't matter how bad your financial situation is because my Lord it might create great poverty but God says I'll create greater provision I'm going to preach to you tonight that we are serving a not a great God but a greater God he's greater than my need he's greater than my problem he's greater than my circumstance God is greater. Because God is a God of greatness. He unveils his greatness one layer at a time. And it's only a matter of time. As you peel the layers back of God. That you find him stronger. And more anointing. And more power. And more miraculous than you've ever seen him before. We see this pattern in our first reading of God in the first book of the Bible. We find it in Genesis chapter 1. He is the God of unsearchable greatness. And he is constantly revealing himself greater than he was before. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness moved upon the face of the deep. And so here we see God the creator speaking into existence the matter of the earth. And uh, he creates the heavens and the earth and as he does he's God over that but that's not good enough for God and so God says I I want to reveal myself a little bit greater so he says let there be light and there was light And we go on and we see that God reveals himself in the light. And you don't get very far, but you you go, I think it's 16 chapters into the book of Genesis chapter 1. In verse 16 it says uh, that he created two great lights. Because remember, a great God creates great things. And he creates a great light, two great lights. And then he takes it a step further and says one was greater than the other. And he set that one to rule over the day. And the way we think of it is God created the day and then he created the night but I'm not here to preach that tonight I'm here to tell you that God created the lesser light first uh, and then he created the greater light so how do you know that preacher because as you read through Genesis chapter 1 you will notice that the Bible says in the evening and the morning uh, it was the first day letting us know that God started with the lesser light uh, and moved towards the greater light because God will never allow himself to be outdone Uh, and so can I preach to you tonight that when God put his spirit in you. He puts a light in you. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can get it here tonight. But he puts his spirit in you. He puts a light in you. But the truth of the matter is, is that's only the beginning because the greater light is going to rule over the lesser light. Simply put, God is going to lead you and guide you into greater things than you've ever experienced before. God is going to lead you and guide you into greater miracles than you've ever experienced. He's going 
going to lead you and guide you into greater relationship uh, that you've ever experienced with him. Uh, I'm here to tell you that God starts with something that's great and works towards the greater. And so thank God for a great apostolic church uh, in Bendale, Mississippi. Uh, thank God for a great building uh, and a great pastor uh, and a great congregation. Uh, but can I tell you, God uh, is not interested in just being great. Uh, God is not interested uh, in just having a great church uh, and us just having a great service. Uh, but God is interested uh, in the greater. Uh, it's my Jesus, it's not enough to just have great church. God said, I didn't give you my spirit for you to sit around and spend all of your time in the lesser light. I want to give you my spirit so you can stand up and rule over the day and walk in dominion and walk in power. Hallelujah. It's not very long after we read of this, we start reading of men like Abram. Abram was was a man that God was interested in. Not because of where Abram was and not because of where Abram had been, but because of where Abram was going. Abram, come out of the land of your father and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless thee. And then we skip this part, but it's in there anyway. And he said, and I will make your name great. We never preach about the name change of Abram. We just talk about the blessing of Abram. But can, can I just pause right here for a moment and tell you, don't let anybody, don't you dare ever let anybody tell you that you can't be great for God because of where you've been or where you're at right now. God's not interested in where you've been and where you are. The only thing God's interested in is are you willing to come out of the land of your fathers? Are you willing, Abram, to get up? Because I've got a great nation that I want to make of you. And I've got a great name that I want to give you. But I'm not going to do it until you come out of the land of your fathers. I come to preach to somebody today that society has you convinced that because your daddy was an addict, you have to be an addict. The devil is a liar. I come to tell you, you can't be set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. You just got to come out of the land of your father. Come up to a higher place. Come up to a place where I'll change your name and I'll change your identity. I'll change your walk. And when I get through changing your name, I'll make of you a great nation. I'll pick you up. I'll turn you around. I'll give you power. It wasn't that very long ago that I was in North Little Rock with Pastor Holmes and uh, or Bishop Holmes, and he, he introduced me to a young man there. And that young man, if I remember correctly, his name was Bill. And Bishop Holmes was driving down the road. God has blessed him financially. He's a very, very well-to-do man. And he was driving down the road in his Range Rover and looked over here and saw a young man sleeping in a tent underneath the overpass. He pulled over and told him to get in the vehicle. Started telling him about Jesus' name baptism. Started telling him, brother, more about the infilling of the Holy Ghost and how God wanted to give him the Spirit, but he had to leave the land of his father. And I, I met the man some two weeks later as God had given him the Holy Ghost and he had been baptized in Jesus' name. And Brother Holmes began to cry. He said, we bought him a lawnmower. 
I said, what do you mean a lawnmower? He said, he's starting a business and God's going to bless his business. And the next thing you know, he's going to be a leader in our church. I'm here to tell you some two years later, that man is a very wealthy man. He, God found him up underneath a bridge. God found him broke, busted, and disgusted. But because he came out of the land of his father, because he came out of the place that he had spent all his life in, and society had convinced him that he must remain in the place that he's in, but somebody told him, if you'll come out, I'll make you great. I'll take the thing that the devil meant for evil, and I'll turn it around, and I'll work it out for your good. Abram, I can start with that, but there will be a day when you come out of the land of your father's house that your land, your name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham, a father of many nations, because, I don't, because I'm a great God, I do great things. So Abram, just hold on a little while because I will make of thee a great nation. And so God does for Abram what he does for each and every one of us. He puts his faith to the test because you can't have greater miracles with average faith. Well, that went over about like a snake in a bathtub. You can't have greater miracles with average faith. You see, we, we always cry and complain when we start going through stuff. Maybe God's wanting to give you greater miracles. And the only way God can give you greater miracles is let your, your time of promise, let it be persecuted. Because it's really easy to get frustrated when, when the womb of promise is living in Pharaoh's house. Because you read about it after God gave Abram the promise. You go and you turn over. I think it's one chapter later. You find that the men of Egypt looked on Sarah. That she was beautiful to look upon. And they take her down to Abram's house. And now all of a sudden his promise is sleeping in Pharaoh's bed. What are you going to It's frustrating when your promise has to live in Egypt for a little while. It's frustrating. And, and can you imagine the torment going on in Abram's mind as he's staying away and, and Sarah is in the house of Pharaoh? Can you imagine the torment that's going on in his mind? But Abram, I want you to understand that I am your exceeding great reward. And, and, and can I just tell you, Abram, that you need to step back and look at the bigger picture and understand that God is wanting to do a greater miracle. And so you can step back and say, great peace which have them which love thy law and nothing shall offend them you'll get offended if you're not easy when you're living for God simply on the basis of what my promise is or is not doing sometimes God allows your promise to live in Egypt for a little while but you gotta find enough God in you to say that I can have peace when my promise is not by me I can have let me preach to a mama right now that's got some backslidden babies. You need to start understanding that great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. You may have to walk through the time where your baby don't sit with you on the pew but there will be a day that the promise will come back home. Can I preach to a young man or a young lady that's looking for a spouse and can I tell you that there may be a time that you may have to wait for him or her to get away from Pharaoh's house but the truth of the matter is uh, anytime the enemy of the promise of God gets close to the womb of promise uh, God says oh no uh, because when Pharaoh goes in uh, to lay down with Sarah the Bible says uh, that God uh, sent great plagues and, and we don't like the plague preacher God 2020 thank God
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Y'all pretty much spent on the Lord. I'm flying to California next week, and they told me I got to wear a mask the whole way. I'm, I'm, if you wear a mask, that's fine, but God, help me. <laughs> but the truth is, is, is it's easy. It's, it's really, we don't, we don't like the plague kind of preaching. We just like the promise preaching. But let me tell you something. Anytime Israel ever went into a great plague, you know what came after great plague? Great revival. Oh, I'm going to preach this whether you like it or not, devil. You will never find Israel walking into a plague that God didn't turn around and give great revelation of how great he really was. You'll never find Israel walking into a plague that when they came out the other side of it that they did not know without a shadow of an inkling of a doubt that the God we serve is the God that is greater than any other God that man can create. They be gods of stone and brick and mortar and they have ears but they hear not and they have eyes but they see not. But our God, our God doesn't work that way because when he sees the promise in trouble, he'll send great plagues and when the great plague is over, the great Revelation uh, will come of who he is uh, and how powerful he is uh, and how strong he is. Uh, and I don't stop, God says. Uh, I just keep doing greater. Uh, I'm going to tell you tonight uh, that we serve the God uh, of unsearchable greatness. Uh, you can't even imagine uh, how great the revival is going to be uh, because whatever you think it is, uh, it's that much and more because we serve the God of unsearchable greatness. Uh, I had a lot of things I could have preached, uh, but Brother Moore, I came to preach to a group of people uh, that had been looking at walls uh, and saying, we'll never expand. I came to preach to a group of people that have been looking at empty pews and saying there's no way I came to tell you in the Holy Ghost you must not recognize the God you serve he's the God of unsearchable greatness he can bring revival from places no revival has ever been I'm going to hurry as quickly as I can, but I want you to get the picture that God gave me. We could stop here and preach a long time. We could have Holy Ghost Church, but the truth is, is this doesn't even begin to describe the greatness of God. Because Abram finally has a son, and his name is Ishmael. And we always talk about him as a curse, but he's not cursed. The Bible says he was blessed. The Bible says that God told Abram, I'm going to bring 12 princes out of him and the great nations are going to come from this boy right here. But you have to understand that he had it always in his mind that God starts with the great and works towards the greater. And so I'll bless Ishmael because it's just my way to do those kind of things. But I'll tell you right now, Abraham, the promise is not coming from Ishmael because he's just great. He's not greater. And so I've got to bring you to a place and you've got to wait a little while and you've got to walk through the trial and you've got to walk through the test because I'm going to raise up a son and his name is going to be Isaac. And when they begin to describe him in Genesis chapter 26, they described him as a man that waxed great and grew until he became very great. Ishmael never had the promise because all he was was happy with just being great. 
He was just happy. I'm finna preach to somebody now. He was just happy with our four and no more. He was just happy uh, handing a church card out once a month. He was happy having prayer meeting once a month. He was happy just having a little revival here and a little revival there. But God said, that's not the one uh, that my promise is going to come through. Uh, my promise won't come through somebody uh, that's a part-time blessing. Uh, that's a part-time my promise is coming through somebody that's got a greater attitude uh, that says thank God uh, for everyone that we've seen get the Holy Ghost uh, but I don't believe that's all uh, I believe there's greater uh, I believe there's more uh, I believe there's more story continues I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to get it into the New Testament tonight the Lord will help me I won't keep you all night I promise but we find Isaac grows up, takes a wife. She finds out that she is getting ready to bear a child. And God gives the mother, Rachel, a prophetic word. Or Rebecca, I'm sorry. Says, Rebecca, there's two nations in you. But let me tell you something. The older is going to serve the younger. That's not the way it works in this day and time. The older has the birthright. The older has the power. But what the older doesn't have is the promise. What the older doesn't have is the greater. Esau's going to be great. He's going to be a man of the field. He's going to be a strong man. He's going to be a man's man. But there's something about him that I can't find in Jacob. Because Jacob will lay down and he will see, he'll go to sleep at the place where angels ascend and descend. You see, the problem is, is, is Esau so busy hunting the things of this world that he don't have time to daydream a little bit about how big revival is going to be. He's so busy trying to find his father venison that he can't lay down at the place where the angels are ascending and descending. It'll do you a little bit good to just daydream about how big God's going to do the next miracle every now and again. Don't get so caught up, Esau, and all that's going on around here. Because if you do, the next thing you know, all you'll be is great when God's calling you to be greater. God's calling you to be a mighty nation. And Esau, you're going to do your job. And you're going to play the part that I want you to play. But Jacob, oh, Jacob, you're going to be the, you're going to be the father of the patriarchs. And the 12 tribes are going to come out of you. And you're going to walk in promise. And you're going to walk in favor. Because you figured out how to get to the place where the promise is. And the angels are and the heavenly are. I come to preach to somebody tonight that you've been wandering around and everybody said what are you doing going to that apostolic church where nothing's going on and nobody's changing and nobody's leaving this and everybody's leaving the same way. Nobody's leaving changed. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm daydreaming of the day where we're going to be the only thing everybody can talk about. I'm daydreaming of the day where the angels just part right over the building uh, and they ascend and descend. Uh, we know we're in the process uh, and the promise might not fully be here yet. Uh, but Jacob understands uh, that if I keep searching for the foot of the ladder, uh, eventually I'll get to the place uh, where the heavens are opened up. And as Jacob plays his part, he comes down through the ages. And there is a woman that is sitting at a well. Go to John. You find that she's sitting there and she's waiting on something to happen. She doesn't know it, but she is. Bible says that Jesus walks up 
and ask her, Do you, could you get me something to drink? And her first question is, what do you even have to do with me? Because the Jews don't have anything to do with the Samaritans. It, it, it was basically 2021 terms. She was saying, you're supposed to be a racist. You're, you're supposed to not like me. I know, I know I'm in an all-white church tonight, but I'm going to preach anyway. You're not supposed to like me because of the color of my skin. Honey, let me just tell you something. If you can't accept the kind of revival that brings people that aren't the same skin tone as you, you're probably not the kind of person that God's looking for to have revival. Say, well, it's born and bred in me. Let me tell you, I'm just as country boy as any country boy here. I'll get down and waller in the mud with the best of you. But let me tell you something. When you get the Holy Ghost, that's not your culture anymore. It's a kingdom culture. It's, it's a promise culture. It's a culture that understands that I've got something that they need, regardless of what their background is and where they came from. I've got the well of living water living on the inside of me. Says, Jesus, don't, don't, don't you understand? You're supposed to be a racist. And he says, no, you don't understand, honey. I want to give you something that's greater than what you can even imagine. And her question to him is not, okay, well, just give it to me. She says, are you greater than Jacob? You see, you see this process all throughout the scripture. It starts in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. And I don't have time to preach the whole Bible to you tonight because you'd be hungry and I will too. But by the time you get into the New Testament, there are people that are questioning because it's been so long since they've heard from God. 400 years of silence where they have not heard a direct word from God until they have got to the point they don't even recognize him when he comes in the flesh. And so she asks the silly question, are you greater than Jacob? Are you greater than our father which gave us this well? and all he has to do to respond and says if you drink of this well you will thirst again but if you drink of the water which I give you will never thirst again. I come to preach to somebody today and tell you that there's a greater well to drink from and if you've been, if religion doesn't do it for you, let me just tell you I don't believe in religion. You can't get anywhere on religion. What you need is not religion. What you need is an experience. You don't need to drink from a well that man made. You don't need to drink from a doctrine that man made. What you need to find is yourself in an altar where it's just you and God. And there might be people around you, but it's you and God communing. And all of a sudden, you begin to speak with an unknown tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance. As God gives you an experience of what His power can do. If you drink of this well, you'll thirst again. If you drink of religion, you'll thirst again. If you drink of the same cesspool of sin, you're going to thirst again. But I've got something. It's living water. It's a belly. It'll come out of your belly like a river flowing. It'll be something... It'll be something uh, that'll give you a reason to shout. Uh, it'll be something uh, that'll give you a reason to dance. Uh, it'll be it'll give you a reason uh, to rejoice uh, when all hell breaks out because you understand uh, that I serve the God uh, of unsearchable greatness uh, and my great God uh, creates great things uh, and he has a great people. I'm looking, I'm going to tell you what I'm looking for in 2021. I'm looking for greater revival. Oh, I can't get no help on a Sunday night. I said I'm looking for greater revival. 
I'm, I'm looking for the day that some young man stands up and says, 100 soul revivals are a thing of the past. We're praying them through by the thousands. It's been a long time since I've seen anything like that. Well, honey, you need to start praying a little bit more, and you need to start outreaching a little bit more. Maybe you're the one in the way. Help me, Jesus. I done gotten somebody's corn patch. Maybe, maybe if you get off all the social media and pray a little bit, maybe if you stop... Uh, Maybe if you stop talking about your brother and your sister about what they did and didn't do and what they had or had, didn't have on or this or that or the other and you got in the Holy Ghost a little bit and prayed a little bit, you might see some kind of revival come to pass. Honey, I'm telling you that God is still pouring out His Spirit. How do you know? Because I've seen 60 people get the Holy Ghost in the last three months in one church. Don't tell me God ain't still doing it. I, I'm watching it happen every service. Why, if it can happen there, why can't it happen here? I'm telling you that the greatest days of the apostolic church are not behind us. They're still ahead. We haven't seen our greatest miracles. We haven't preached our greatest sermons. We haven't seen our greatest revivals because God is always into the greater. Can I, can I preach to somebody that's struggling right now? Can I tell you what Romans says in Romans chapter 8? In verse 37, he said, nay, but we are more, and in all things, we are more than conquerors. You see, God's not interested in just giving you victory. He's interested in giving you greater victory. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost on a Sunday night. Can I preach to a young person right now that you don't have to struggle the way your mom and daddy struggled and you don't have to live, what, you don't have to go through what they went through so you might as well take the best advantage that you can of it and you might as well come to the house of God and realize that my mama and my daddy had victory but I'm going to have greater victory uh, because I am more than a conqueror. Uh, my, my, my pastor might have walked through hell and came out uh, but when I walk through hell uh, I'm going to come out have you ever thought that the reason you're fighting the hell you are is because God wants to give you the greatest testimony uh, that you've ever experienced in your life? And so the sickness that you had to walk through and the divorce you went through and the chaos that you went through and the abandonment that you went through is so that at the end of the day, God could pick up the broken pieces uh, and start putting you back together again and say, now you weren't my God. You were a vessel, but I marred you in my hand uh, and I made you a greater vessel. I, I put you back together and I made you greater than you were before. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 9 it simply says God Almighty is speaking through the prophet and he said that the glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former house. Understand they were, they were building a building and God was giving them a word but in John, or excuse me in Matthew, I think it's chapter 4 when the Pharisees come up against his disciples and they ask him why they're eating corn on the Sabbath day and he starts telling them about David in the temple uh, and what David did when he ate the showbread uh, and then he stops uh, and he said but you don't even realize uh, that one greater than that temple is here right now he was saying I started great uh, but every day I'm getting greater uh, I started with great revival uh, and David did great things uh, Abraham did great things uh, but there will be a day uh, that Jesus comes uh, and he will do great things 
And this is the part that we say we believe it, but we don't really believe it. Because if you did, you'd walk in this place so full of faith on every Sunday and every Wednesday night. Because Jesus said, not Jacob Phillips, Jesus said in John 14 and 12, Greater things than these shall ye do, because I go unto my Father. We say, well, my God, what's greater than what Jesus did, Brother Moore? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed the leper. But in Jesus' earthly ministry, there was one miracle that he did not work. He never laid hands on anybody and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues. And so he speaks prophetically and he says to my church that's coming down the road, greater things than these. You're going to lay hands on the sick and you will see them recover. But it's not about laying hands on the sick. That's great, but I've got greater. And you're going to raise the dead. I've seen it happen. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, God Almighty can still raise the dead. But it's not about raising the dead because I've got something greater. It's about a moment where somebody's standing at an altar and a preacher or a saint of God lays their hand on their head and begins to pray for them and all of a sudden something takes control of their tongue and they begin to speak with other that's the that's the greater work that I'm talking about. He said, greater works than these shall ye do. You're going to lay hands on people and the external God is going to become an internal God. And the thing that nobody assumed would ever happen, as Isaiah said, with stammering lips and another tongue, shall they speak? And everybody scratched their head and said, hey, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah what are you talking about? He said, I don't know. It's just what God said. But it's in that moment that it becomes the past uh, as we lay hands uh, and they speak with other tongues. Uh, It was great in Isaiah's day, but Jesus said, in the day of my church, uh, it will be greater. Musicians, come. I'm coming to a close. So a great God, an unsearchable great God, a greater God. If I was in McNary County where I come from, I'd just say, he just keeps getting gooder. Because <laughs> it, it just adds something to it when you throw all grammar out the door. <laughs> but but this, this unsearchable greatness God does great things. He creates great things. And then, as he tells Abram, he creates a great people. And then you roll all through scripture, Sister Moore, and you find that God gives the great people great victory. But there's something missing here that if we're not careful, we'll completely run by it. Because a great God that that creates great things and has a great people and gives them great victory deserves great praise. Because I can take you to Psalms chapter 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him according to his mighty act. And then what does he say? Praise him according to his excellent greatness. And so I I preached everything that I preached to preach what I'm going to preach in the next 45 seconds. You ready? Here we go. This is, you don't remember anything else I preached? Remember this right here. If the God of heaven, the unsearchable God, is continually revealing himself greater, and he's greater today than he was yesterday, and he keeps doing things that he's never done before, and you say, well, there's no new thing under the sun. Honey, don't forget who you're talking about. He's not under the sun. He created the sun. And so if he wants to work a miracle, he'll do what he wants because he's God. And, and, 
and so if that, that God that's ever expounding, science tells us that, it, what is it, 100 million miles per minute, that the, the universe is continually expanding. And as it expands, we understand that God is still greater than all of that. And, and, and as he's greater than all of that, and his greatness continues to become greater every day, then why, in, and, and if we are commanded to praise him according to his excellent greatness, then there should never be a Sunday night that you praise him less than you praise him on Sunday morning. Because he's greater tonight than he was this morning. And if I am commanded to give him a, a praise according to his excellent greatness, he's greater today than he was yesterday. So my praise should depict the fact that he's greater today than he was yesterday. And, and if, if I'm commanded when I come to church on Wednesday night and I'm tired because I've had a long day, there should be something in me that rises up and says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. In the mountain of his holiness uh, beautiful uh, for situation uh, there's got to be something that bubbles up in you that says my great God uh, deserves great praise uh, my great God uh, is worthy of my best praise uh, my great God uh, is worthy of my height there ain't a day that goes by seven times a day David said uh, do I praise he because he understood uh, that a great God uh, deserves great praise Well, let, me, let, let me just help you right now. Don't ever, don't, don't, don't ever, don't ever, God help you if you do. Don't ever make fun of somebody that gets a little extreme. See, the, the truth of the matter is, is you just might not understand how great God is like they do. And the truth of the matter is, is if you really understood the greatness of God, you probably wouldn't let your pride keep you in your seat. If you really understood the greatness of God, you would say, you know what, forget about what I think and what I look like and what I sound like and all of this stuff. I don't have the Holy Ghost. I want it. I don't have the Spirit of God living on the inside. I want it. I want something inside of me that's greater. Greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. I'm telling you tonight that you can get a hold, not of a great God, but of the greatest God, of the great, of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that spoke the world into existence. When you throw up your hands and you begin to praise him, he takes notice. He takes, I'm going to say it again. He takes notice. A great God is worthy of a great praise. I'm finishing to find out who's really got the Holy Ghost and who don't. See, the truth of the matter is, is when, when you don't have the revelation of how great he is, it's got to be your favorite song on the right beat of the drum before you can shout. But great God, people that understand the great God say, watch this. I'll step out with no music and I'll start praising him. People that understand how great God is, they can be on their job in, in, in the middle of a shipyard. Uh, they can be on their job uh, in the middle of a hospital room. Uh, they can be on their job uh, in a banker's office uh, and lift up their hands uh, and just say, God, I praise you today because you're great and you're greatly to be praised. Uh, you're great uh, and you're great. I wish somebody right now that had a revelation uh, of how great he's been in your life uh, would step out of your aisle uh, and just begin to give a great God. God, a great praise. I wish you'd praise him like the miracle you need already happened because he's a great God and he's worthy of a great praise. 
You ought to shout unto God with a voice of triumph and a voice of praise. You ought to lift your hands and lift your voice and praise the hour. by the hand and just link up and pray of the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you've never spoken in tongues before as a spirit give the utterance, I, I want to invite you to this altar to lift your hands and to lift your voice and let God do what no man can do.
yet. I still believe they're ahead of us. What's this? What about the creation itself? What about you and I? But we're looking for what? It's called a glorified body. He's got the best in store. The best coming. Greater works. We're going to do greater works by the hand of the Lord, by the touch of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the word tonight. We want to believe it tonight, right? I'm believing in this revival, folks. I'm believing in this revival. I know the world, amen, and the devil, all that's work. But let them do what they want to do. But you know what? We're going to let God be God. We'll just let God be God, amen. Right in the midst of all this, he's going to give us revival. Lord bless you tonight. Appreciate you. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Phillips. Man, I'm telling you, he preached to us again tonight. My, my, my. Praise God. Praise God. It's good to hear the word of God. and. Feel the presence of the Lord, and we're just honored to have you with us tonight to come and help join with us in worshiping and magnifying Jesus Christ and feeling the touch of the Lord, and, and we just believe in God's going to do some great things. We've got some uh, special situations going on with some of our good saints here, but you know what? I believe in God's going to do some great things through them. God knows. God's working it out. God knows how to stir people, how to move situations. And you know what? He sees. He knows. And he's working it out. Amen. God bless you tonight. Appreciate you so much uh, for just coming and being in this service with us. Won't you come back Wednesday night? Amen. 6.30 prayer time, 7 o'clock service time. If you don't have a place to go, please come be with us. Amen. So feel the hand of God, the presence of God, the touch of the Lord in this place. Amen. As he is ministering amen, unto us. Amen. He's, I'm telling you, he wants to do some great and awesome things. He's doing them. He's doing it. If our eyes could really be open, we'd be shocked, amen, what God's doing for us, amen, and working for us, amen, in Bendale, Mississippi. God bless you tonight. All right, birthdays. Before I 
dismiss or forget again. Praise God. We finally called up last week. So let's try to get the Brother Keith. All right. Brother Keith. Amen. Sister Savannah. All right. Brother Buddy. Seems like there's a... Guess Grayson. That's right. You know what to do. They're expecting a man. These baskets are not full. They're expecting us to fill them up. Amen. Praise God. That's a good way to get a blessing for God. Just come with an empty basket. Don't come with it filled up. Amen. With, with, with ideas and opinions. No, just I brought it empty, God. Fill it up. Amen. All right. Let's sing happy birthday. I don't know if you remember all of them or not, but you can try. <laughs> Let's give them all a good hand here tonight. Praise God. Anniversaries. Any anniversaries? Chris and Carl. That's right. Amen. That's right. Because she had a birthday and an anniversary. That's right. All right. Up tonight, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Love you and appreciate you. Why don't we just stand? Let you be dismissed. The fear of the Lord. God bless you. It's good to see you tonight. Lord bless you. One other thing. Any of the youth that would like to go to youth count, we need to be getting on that. So any of the youth that's interested, or even thought about it, whatever, uh, you need to be getting with us and uh, making plans. Okay. God bless you.